You're listening to the Make Love to Life podcast. So let's make love to life. So welcome, Manjeet. So yeah, Manjeet and I, we met probably almost, I think it's nine years ago in India. Uh, it wow. must have been the beginning yeah. of 2011, probably on the beach of Arambol in Goa. Mm-hmm. So welcome. I, I love I love seeing you again, and I, I love that you are the first person I interview for Make Love to Life. Wow. Yeah, I'm honored and uh, so happy to reconnect also with this intention of uh, sharing, yeah, sharing about love and life and really enjoying, yeah, this co-creation and super happy to be the first person to be on this uh, on this channel thank you so maybe just let the audience know in in one sentence like if you were to describe what you do who you are and then obviously later on in the interview we'll go a little deeper into your work um but Mm -hmm. we'll start with more personal questions obviously but uh share with us like who you are what you do okay one sentence yeah i love these small (laughs) precise challenges (laughs) (laughs) In one sentence, I teach yoga philosophy, psychology, chakras, and meditations in online trainings uh, for now because of the pandemic and uh, starting slowly to go deeper into holding space for authentic relating, conscious intimacy, working with emotional awareness and the human human aspect of uh, of uh, spirituality, yes, I can say. Yeah. Yeah, I was browsing through your Instagram and like your, in, in one sentence it says here, I help people find inner peace, real happiness and balance in life. And and somehow I see there's, yeah, conscious relating comes up, but there's also a, a lot of emphasis on self-love. No? Mm, yeah, yeah. I feel, or I have learned <laughs> from some pain I experienced not too long ago that, uh, yeah, without self-love as the base, relating is, uh, for me personally, like very scary. It's very scary. Um, and so, so easy to get lost in the other person and their expectations and their visions for what it can be. And I notice also how my attention, my mind, my hours start to go towards that person or the connection, which I was before giving a bit more to myself and my my practice or my own process and so on. So, yeah, I think self-love is definitely one of the most important parts of, uh, of modern relating, for sure. Yeah. So... Do you, would you say that you have like, cause you know, we all have our, our weaknesses and our powers when it comes to relating. And, and of course we have to learn through experience. And sometimes when I think of words like self-love or trust, mm-hmm. even though we talk about it a lot, even like unconditional love, no, like all these terms that, especially in the spiritual community, like we talk about it a lot, but how is it mm-hmm. actually experienced? No, like how, does it, how is it expressed either with yourself or 
in the expression with another. So when you say, I mean, you're basically saying that you had the willingness to, to compensate too much of yourself in the past. Mm -hmm. And like, is there an event in the past that you can share with us that was really impactful that allowed you mm -hmm. to change some of that behavior? Yeah. Yeah, I can share that. I think I have really danced at both extremes where using this uh, spiritual excuse of being in the now and living in the moment, kind of avoiding commitments and uh, intentionally creating a connection. So being on that extreme and kind of being in this uh, emotional escapist mode to since the last, I guess, couple of years, being a bit more on the other extreme, where I have my idea of uh, the partnership I want to call in and uh, the qualities this woman would have, and then kind of trying to fit different people into that uh, box again that I have created and suffering, suffering a lot because uh, it makes me, it makes the connection, the meetings very often get out of the of the now and uh, enjoying what is instead of constantly the attention going to the potential of the connection yeah so this is uh yeah this is a big learning happening for me right now you asked uh, about an event that happened recently it's happening actually right now like i'm uh, seeing someone and uh I would want to speak a bit more about this perhaps a bit later, but the emotional safety for me is really missing. Like she's, for her own reasons, she's just not able to give that to me. And before, I didn't care about emotional safety. And now I feel like without it, I just feel, I feel scared. I feel Like right now, the words don't come to me. I just really feel the emotion of it. But I feel like this fear of abandonment. I feel that she can just change her mind tomorrow and uh, send me like a nice message and like, right. okay, this was nice. You are a great soul, you know. So I'm really wanting to wanting to go into that. Uh, yeah, sorry. I mean, I, I really respect uh, your vulnerability. And I also respect that you say you want to go into this uh, maybe a little later in the interview. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think a lot of people can relate No, this. Uh, and you have the awareness over it, like the need for emotional safety. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that to me has to do with like going deeper into the heart as opposed to mm -hmm. wider. Like, for example, if I look at my own evolution of love and intimacy, I'm 32 now. So let's say the, the last 10 years, um, I can see that, you know, 10 years ago, it was about expansion in the wide form. So I was very experimental sexually, experimental with all kinds of different forms of relating. And I was learning very fast with different partners. And I thought that I was moving in the direction of freedom. <clears throat> and I say it like that because, of course, it is also freedom, but it wasn't actually the freedom that I was looking for. 
um, which I realized after a few years, um, which was basically the moment where I stopped being interested in open relationship or open forms of relating because it didn't allow me to get to the freedom of the heart that I was actually looking for. And I say it like that because there's, and, and you, you, you said it with emotional safety, which is, it comes down to the same thing where there's such a beautiful emotional safety that the freedom of the expression of the heart and the knowing that you can go deeper into your heart with someone, um, you know, that it's safe to actually go there. Whereas if we're openly relating and, you know, the, the form of the relationship doesn't really have a name or even if it has a name, like you say, the person can change their mind the next day. Or perhaps in the past, I was that person who changed their mind the next day. Like I was easy to let go. And I think there's a, a different type of strength needed when we dare to go deeper into the heart. And so for me, that freedom then, you know, if you're a visual person, instead of seeing it going wide is then actually going deep. And that was kind of the transition that I made already many years ago, where for me, it became all about monogamy, um, looking for how can I continuously learn to find more and more freedom in a committed relationship and bring those two together. Because often I see people um, compensating freedom to be in a monogamous relationship and, and obvi obviously therefore causing suffering. Or the opposite is happening, and uh, which is seeking too much freedom with an absolute lack of commitment and therefore lack of integrity and lack of depth in the connection that supposedly everyone is really looking for. And, and this, this type of seeking freedom in love, and maybe I'm, I'm painting this picture quite black and white. Um, but I, I see it a lot in, in the spiritual community. And I specifically wanted to open this with you because I remember, I mean, I was in India for five years, probably 2015, somewhere in the Himalayas was the last time you and I saw each other. Um, and that was before I moved to Peru. And I think at the time you were like being inspired or interested by um, the Osho community or like I have some vague memory of that. Maybe yes, no, or at least exploring something. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say directly Osho community, but I guess many people whose relating style I was finding interesting, many of them have been like the Osho ashram or did many practices and uh, yeah I also have really vague memories of our time where the picture that comes to me is in Rishikesh uh, by the Ganga and I and I really remember like a cow being nearby I remember <laughs> the river I remember his smiling making the sound so yeah that's that's like that has uh, that is very clear in front of me right now was this when I just shaved my head? I'm trying to get, because I went to Rishikesh many times. I think so. I think so. I was, I was mesmerized by this, by this person, this being. I think, um, I, would, I would not be able to remember, but I think you were the first bald woman that I ever saw. No, shaved head woman that I ever saw. Mm. So that was very interesting for my Indian mindset and the cultural conditioning you know that was uh, that was like seeing almost like an alien mm -hmm. you know like 
So yeah, that's what I that's what I remember. Yeah, I mean it's almost ten years ago, but I, I I do remember there was something quite modern, like uh, you know, guy from Delhi type of aura mm. around you, and then over the years. I saw it softening and softening and opening and you becoming more experimental and liberal. And mm. yeah, when I see you now, it's like, yeah, I know you've tasted a lot. I know you've, you've tried different things. You've, you know, even what you said just now about, um, you know, the, the person you're in connection with, you went from one mm. extreme to the other. And often we do have to go to one extreme uh, to the other to then find a balance. No. But I just want to redirect yeah. us to the thing that I that I just like. I mean, I didn't ask a question. I'm aware of that, <laughs> but <laughs> I think I was looking for your perspective of um, what I said about you know freedom going wide or freedom going yeah. deep. Um, yeah. Share whatever you want to share. Hmm. Uh, first thing that comes to my mind is I really like how you how you again put it into words wider and deeper uh, before I used to have uh, yeah pretty strong judgment about uh, the monogamous container of relating uh, I saw a lot of codependence in it I saw a lot of inauthenticity in it I saw a lot of uh, fear of course of losing the other person and compromises and this is also again a lot uh, because of my my upbringing and my Indian background uh, and that really like that really needed to be healed so as i said then i went to the other extreme of uh, seeing that that doesn't go so deep people just kind of try to keep saving the relationship at any cost you know compromising and hiding things and uh, the shadows are there but pretending it's not there and i don't want to be like that you know so i went to the other extreme where i'm like I'm open. I relate uh, with whoever that I feel like, you know. I try to be as honest as I can be. But of course, I wasn't that honest when I look back uh, in hindsight. So my process also has been to not judge that past me who was exploring the width of relating experience. So before I was judging the people who are going deep, and now I slightly judge like people who are like, wanting to like be with this person and then like a little bit after wanting to be with that person and uh, i see that again as uh, like running away from yourself and not really like sitting with yourself and asking yourself what do i really want so now for sure personally i have a deep longing for this depth that you're talking about but i also believe nalaya that both can coexist and both can dance so beautifully together. And I really have like a pretty clear vision of it that I would want to call in to my life and also maybe somehow share with students and clients in the future. Yeah. And before we go into like future vision, um, if you were to just speak from your experience so far what is and, and you can choose whether you you, you want to share a positive and or negative point from either or um but what can you say about your experience of um 
you know, positioning yourself quite open that maybe one lesson that is positive, one lesson that is um, negative. Yeah, let's okay. rest there, and then and then we go to the other extreme to see, to see like, whoa, yeah, how 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 did you nav navigate this in your life? Uh, you mean when I was openly relating one positive yeah. and one negative lesson from that? Yeah. Okay. Positive. Uh, wow, it's hard to pick just one. I have to say, uh, yeah, just the uh, just the this freedom that comes with the. With having this like wide variety of uh, beautiful humans to connect with, you know, uh, yeah, the it sounds maybe a bit superficial in the way I'm gonna put it right now, but it's like going to going to your favorite restaurant and seeing like so many different cuisines of food, and you know that they just do food really well. So it's just like Wow, like for example, this woman is really creative and I love spending time with her because she really opens up that part of me. And this woman is really into more nature and uh, shamanic practices and she opens up that part of me, which I also want. And this woman is very sexually experimental and I, and I love that too, you know? So it's, uh, it felt actually honestly perfect when that happened, you know? Like I have zero regrets for sure. But then when I come to the, negative aspect of it i would say yeah fear definitely such strong fear now i'm realizing it's so strong that i can't that i don't even think about opening the door and my system tells me there is no fear it's like full denial full denial not even capable to acknowledge that there is any pain there yeah 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 so similar to you probably for similar reasons we got pushed into wanting to explore open relationship um and i think it is something of our generation that Mm -hmm. rejects what was because we see why it doesn't work for particular reasons or we say we see how people are willing to compensate essential aspects of themselves to just make it work mm -hmm. for the appearance okay. of happiness i mean there are rare exceptions of course of, of true happiness in in like mm -hmm. the, the old paradigm um but then we have to go to this extreme and i see my work is really focused on basically our generation and looking at what is the evolution of relationship? Where are we moving towards? And how can we make mm. it as sustainable as possible? And similar to you, sometimes I catch myself, mostly in the past, these days not so much, um, where I, I also felt a little judging of, of people uh, needing to explore in that way because I felt like it's, yeah, like you say, there's an aspect of denial that is escaping the heart, um, that is escaping uh truly connecting because like yeah we're open but there is a piece of the heart that somehow cannot be touched um if mm. if if we don't really go deep no um yeah. and the the thing that i'm interested in in your personal experience because I, i'm sure there are quite some successful stories out there and you name it and, and like you say perhaps everyone who who 
delves into this, like there, there are jewels that we receive from it. So of course we cannot deny anyone from exploring whatever they want to explore. Um, but in your own experience, what was the longest you were with someone? Um, and, and would you per se say that uh, that person or those people, like what was the longest and, and how many people were you simul simul simultaneously connecting with at the time? And would you say that that was the best experience or or has nothing to do with uh, quantity? Okay, yeah. Yeah, very interesting question. The longest uh, consistent connection that I had in this open relating phase of mine was, uh, uh, it's hard to put it into a time frame because uh, it became then kind of long distance, you know? So we met in Goa, but uh, she's from Belgium. So it was six, uh, five months together, traveling together uh, for a period of time, living together, still open to seeing others, but just just can't get enough of each other. So a lot of time spent together. And then she continued with her plans, and then we tried to sustain it for a while. But then it just very beautifully, honestly, turned into a friendship. Which I really, which we both really enjoyed also. And during this time, uh, yeah, it's it's very hard to put it into numbers, but maybe I was seeing three or four other women in this period of five months, but they were more like spontaneous connections and uh, just like things that kind of just happened. I didn't, not that I go out to look for it because I was really fulfilled by her. And she too, I think she connected with the only one other guy who was her ex, actually. Uh, but, and of course that made me jealous and me seeing others sometimes made her jealous too. But our communication was so good. And on top of that, our passion for each other was so good that that became uh, not so important. What became more important is... Uh, Wow, this is going to sound a bit maybe cheesy, but like we want to see the other person smiling. Like if the other person is not smiling, you want to go and like, what's up? What can we do? What can we like, what do you want to share? And that, yeah, that was maybe not the most beautiful connection of my life, but uh, one of the most, yeah, yeah, it was such a gift. Yeah, thank you. I mean, what what you just said, it really sounds like... um a healthy example, no? Uh, mm. and, and then you you mentioned jealousy, which obviously is a is a topic that comes up quite a lot um, in this yeah. realm of you know people inviting that kind of trigger in order to move through the trigger and to heal this aspect. And obviously, it is interconnected with um, sense of worthiness and uh, self love and and mm. all of these uh, things. But what can you say about jealousy, like in, in reference to your own experience? Uh, was this also connected a little bit to the denial of fear that you talked about earlier? Um, and yeah. is there anything that you think is worthy mentioning when it comes to the, the women that you attracted and how they expressed their jealousy? Mm. Well, I'm really enjoying these questions. They're really making me think and remember. Uh, what I think of jealousy, I've had, uh, I've had a love and hate relationship with it. Uh, there was a time when I wanted it, 
I loved the fire of jealousy. I wanted uh, my partners or lovers. I I even encouraged them to kiss someone in front of me, for example, you know, especially the ones who my heart was more open for because I wanted to, I was on this trip of using that fire and alchemizing it into manifestation or channeling it into some higher form and so on. So, and it's funny that we are talking about this because yesterday with the, with a, with an ex lover, we were talking about this and she is in that phase right now. She is seeing someone and uh, she loves to, they're in an open relationship and she loves to see him with other girls. This really like excites her or this really, this makes her feel she's very alive and that she really likes him. This is how she defined it. That if I feel jealous with a guy, it means I really like him. I don't know how healthy or unhealthy that attitude is. I have my doubts, but uh, for me, yeah, definitely it was triggered by insecurity, uh, lack of self-worth. But what also comes to me is, uh, is just not, not enough or good quality communication. Just not really sitting down and having a clear talk about what do we want? What are our needs? What uh, are we wanting to experience? What would we like? What are our boundaries and so on? This is something I learned much later. So jealousy definitely came in before I was inviting it. And then as the heart started to open more, I was like pretty terrified of it and uh, would really avoid situations. For example, if I'm seeing someone and my heart is open for her and there is some event, some concert happening in the evening and I know she's going to be there, but we are openly relating, I would choose to not go there because I don't want to take the chance of uh, seeing her flirt with some guy and so on. So again, I guess I went through both extremes uh, in my own way. Yeah, interesting. And it's interesting that there seems to also be certain patterns, no, in, in like people who want to explore. And it, yeah, yeah I mean, there's a, a, a healing quality to it. It's mm -hmm. funny, I was thinking about jealousy yesterday. Um, I, yeah, I guess I was preparing a little bit for our interaction. And I was connecting to like, you know, there's also, there, there's both extremes, no? Like there's the overexpression of jealousy. And in my case, I, I feel like I'm, I, I underexpress jealousy. So there, there must be some level of denial there where it's so, where perhaps I trained myself to desensitize this, this sentiment. Um, because when I think back, but, but it's interesting, no? Because if you don't want to feel one thing, it, it will have a ripple effect over everything that is being sensed in that moment. Because I have one memory. I was 21. Um, I was madly in love with this guy. We were in an open relationship and we would openly talk about our other lovers. And, and this is something that I find quite interesting because I wonder how setting the foundation, because that's a lot what I focus on in my work um, at present, no? that it's it's all about setting the foundation, setting the foundation. And once it's set, probably opening up from that perspective would be a totally different experience than when you mm -hmm. meet someone who's already relating sexually intimately with other people. And then on top of that, 
there always being this, like you say, spontaneous moments where more people can be invited into the mix. And so at the time, this was the first time I was experimenting with something open. I was obviously young, 21, didn't take it that serious. But because I was rejecting my sense of jealousy, I was probably also rejecting the deep connection I was I was feeling from the heart with him and how I, for me, it was a really special experience that I had with him. But somehow I didn't feel safe. And, and maybe we're making full circle now with the emotional safety. I didn't feel safe to express what I was truly feeling for him because I thought, oh, I'm just one of the others. And yeah. years later, it, it basically it came out that both of us had felt the same for each other at the time. And perhaps neither of us had felt the safety to actually express that regardless of the other people, we both recognize that what we have together is super, super special. And then years later, this came out because like you, we became friends and so on. Um, we're still in contact actually. Um, but it's interesting to, to then see like, wow, so desensitizing from, you know, in your case, you said denial of fear. In my case, denial of jealousy. It desensitizes also really profound sensations of the heart um, that perhaps are then overlooked. And years later, I kind of felt like, okay, that was a missed opportunity because it's it's too late now kind of attitude of like, yeah, the ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. But wondering, like, what would it, like how would the story have unfolded no if we would have just been honest or felt safe to express that beautiful so nice i i love how you shared that what could it what could be yeah uh for me what really like helps me i don't know i don't know if it's a, again a defense mechanism but sometimes when i'm feeling pretty damn clear I feel it's not so much about the other person even. It's about tuning into this love frequency. You know, it's like coming back to the loving space, which includes self-love, which includes romantic love for the other person, which includes this uh, universal love. You just are in a loving, compassionate space, you know. And different people have different potentials, different meetings have different potentials of bringing us there. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that that person did their part in... Uh, and I guess bringing you to that loving space and that woman, she did her part, you know? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. this thought excites me. This thought kind of makes me more optimistic. Yeah. 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 No, I 100% agree. Um, mm. Yeah. I'm not the person to, to have regrets, but I'm just saying like, yeah, I, I definitely had times where I thought about it. Like how fascinating mm. that we can choose something that supposedly focuses on freedom, but then we lack the sense of freedom to actually express how we feel. It's such a contradiction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what is the bravest expression you, now that we're talking about like vulnerability and expressing our feelings and, and, you know, like what, what is, what is one moment that pops into your mind when you think of yourself being brave to share your true feelings for another in a moment where, mm -hmm. you, you know, it's, you just don't know how the person's going to respond. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Again, it's, it's about uh, this girl that I'm 
that I'm currently seeing. Uh, she's uh, she's also into girls, and actually she has a girlfriend in another country, uh, but they are in some kind of open arrangement. And we, me and her, we started to fall for each other. And my heart used the reason that she already has someone. So, you know, she's not looking for that uh, emotional safety with me or that partnership with me. So it was, I could use this as an excuse to keep my heart closed. But reality was my heart was opening. And my heart was really wanting to choose her, choose her, choose her. And then this uh, one time, um, I guess for her, pretty much out of nowhere, I just started to share how much I feel for her and uh, at the same time, how much freedom I want to give to her for her to be herself and enjoy what she wants. Like she doesn't have to change anything, uh, even the connection that she has with her girlfriend. And for me to kind of, it feels it felt a bit like for me to put myself kind of on the line when things look like they are going fine, right? Like we're spending good time together. There is good intimacy. There are emotions there. So why, why share this? You know, why bring the whole choosing aspect and uh, into it? But that just felt really true for me. And it just kept repeating in my head. So I had, I, I didn't have a choice but to share it. And in that moment, when I shared it, it kind of uh, damaged the connection because uh, she was like, she just kind of backed off and she's like, wow, this is too intense for me. This is too heavy for me. Uh, I don't know what to say. And we had a conflict and we didn't talk for a few days. And then when we started to talk again slowly, it brought even more depth to our connection. Even if that wouldn't have happened, I still would not see that as a mistake, you know, because there was a part of me who was thinking like, bro, what are you doing? You know, don't, don't make it more dramatic, you know, just, just keep it to yourself. But, uh, yeah, again, again, one of the patterns that, uh, that I'm working on. So yeah, that's what came to my mind. Wow. Amazing. Really amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the courage it requires, especially when it's you know there's more partners involved, and it sounds like you 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 don't know who this other person is. It's mm. like wow, really amazing, and it's super scary, you know. And it sounds like the the initial response was her having difficulty to receive you and to receive yeah. that power from the heart, um, which mm. obviously can yeah. Is a possibility yeah. in, in any case, no? But, um, yeah, I just, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that it's so, so common for me that my mind goes into assumptions, you know? Yeah. I feel this, and if I would express that, she would do this, 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 think this, 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 and that's why I should not express it, and that's why I should suppress my feeling and just continue like nothing is happening inside me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The mind is so freaking clever. It can, mm-hmm. and then it convinces us with, like you say, all of these uh, arguments that seem so logical. Um, and we have to pierce through it because otherwise we just cycle around and around and, and keep ourselves in the safety of the discomfort mm-hmm. that we live in. No, but 
in order to push yes. through this comfort and find a new comfort in the unknown. It requires moments like that. Would you, yeah, so somehow I, I get the sense from everything that we've talked about that you're entering a phase in love where, as in love, the way that you are experiencing love or want to experience love, or it's somewhat of a transition. No? It's a little bit from one extreme to the other extreme. And now it seems like perhaps because of this person, you are navigating to a new balance of what you require emotionally, what is the foundation that you want when it comes to trust and security. Mm, exactly, yeah. Mm. One word, transitioning, definitely transitioning, yeah. And who knows uh, when the balance arrives and who knows how long that lasts, but uh, there is much more clarity and courage about just knowing what I don't want, you know, and that feels already really good. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. What I, what I often talk about with my clients is they believe they have a particular clarity, but then they try to keep all the options open. So it's like they, they, for example, start dating multiple people, but say they want a monogamous committed relationship to go into depth but then they explore the different options and keep the options open type of attitude. And so what that attracts is people of that same resonance, right? For me, law of attraction is one plus one is two. You are clear, you get clear. You are not clear, you get more unclarity, right? And so, but then the complaint is that there's no clarity in the people that they attract. So it's like, for me, it, it doesn't matter if, you know, you position yourself wanting a hundred lovers or maybe two um, or wanting to be in an open relationship or uh, wanting to explore same-sex relationship or wanting monogamy. Like it's like any option is the right option if it feels right for you, but choose mm-hmm. one. And whatever you choose mm-hmm. now, for sure, maybe in five years from now, 10 years from now, you'll have a different opinion. That's fine. But the, the clarity that is needed in the present is what allows you to evolve on the path of love, right? Yeah. And so this kind of keeping things open, but, but somehow writing down the intention as though it is set in stone, it's that contradiction invites more contradiction into life. So when I hear you, it's like, yeah, you're in a transition, you learned something, you don't want that right now. And therefore you're opening the space for something entirely different to be invited. It's really beautiful. Mm. I always say the the many no's lead to the big yes. Mm, amazing, yeah. Really like that. Really like that. Wow. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm just going to look at the time. Because, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I just want to go quickly into a little bit regarding India because I love India. India was for mm. me um, such an important home. And I feel like those five years in India really had such a profound impact on who I have become as a person, um, but also the way that I approach my my work with um, obviously the inspiration from Tantra and um, regarding intimacy, because I haven't been in India for five years, but of course, already in 2015, when I left, there was quite a shift happening. And of course, the shift regarding intimacy, sexuality, um, mostly directed at, at female independence, of course, um, because it's quite a sexually suppressed country culturally, and, and the male-female division is is very apparent, no? Um, mm. But I was just, because I love culture, cultural differences, and looking at India and having lived in, in South America now, 
it's it's like it's opposing but somehow the wound is very often very similar although it is expressed mm. in the opposite way no but if you yeah. can just highlight something uh, of what you are presently experiencing in india regarding mm -hmm. intimacy sexuality the evolution of the country the culture mm. like what is something that you feel you want to share yeah yeah the first thing that comes to my mind like immediately is like big changes are happening really fast like mm -hmm. really fast so i don't get to experience like much of the real india i have to say because most of the time i'm living in goa where there is international community or yeah. bali again so i don't get to experience it personally much but i definitely get to hear about it and talk about it with a lot of my indian friends so just to give a couple of examples like live in relationships back i would say like 10 years ago it was unheard of like nobody nobody was doing it it was even if somebody was doing it it was like taking a big risk because you could be easily like outcasted ridiculed like it was almost like seen as some kind of like social crime and now they are becoming pretty normal pretty normal uh divorces like back i would say again 10 15 years ago i didn't know any i didn't know one person uh from my immediate friends family relative circle who was divorced or separated even and now like friends i went to school with a few of them have been divorced some are remarried some are still uh single so it's it's also getting more acceptable it's getting more acceptable to this freedom of choice you know uh, the women liberation part the women uh, sexual empowerment part this is a big uh, this is one of the biggest uh, uh, drivers of this intimacy evolution i would say in india for sure but uh, even for men to experience this freedom to to tell their parents that hey i'm in a live in relationship and not be not feel scared about that you know uh, so it's it's also very human level where there is very there is a lot of sexual and uh, intimacy repression but more and more it is being at least talked about our movies even bollywood movies are being made about live in relationships and uh, same sex marriage and uh, what do you call it like premature ejaculation you know like funny movies like family movies no are being way. made about these issues i am yeah i'm amazed honestly by this wow i mean that yeah. is huge huge yeah just want to add one more thing and i'm not at the same time very surprised because i don't know if it's because of me being indian or having spent most of my life here in india I just am in love with the Indian patience and Indian in their in its own way like openness of mind and understanding and inclusivity. Yeah, homosexuality welcome, religions welcome, tantra welcome, you know? You want to mm -hmm. live in the mountains by yourself, welcome. Uh, you are in multiple partners, yeah, do it respectfully, welcome, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I can imagine though that there must be. I mean, maybe what you're you're highlighting right now definitely has to come from somewhat of a modern mind, but I'm I'm also yes. convinced that there must be 
you know, areas where these kind of films of, you know, same-sex relationship is just completely rejected. I mean, you're right. Like there's an extremity to India that you won't find anywhere on earth. And that extremity okay. is invited. Um, and, and it's just part of nor normal life, no? But yeah. I'm sure there are people extremely mad at the way that things seem to be changing quite rapidly, no? Sure, sure. There is, for sure, there is a lot of resistance from the conservatives and, uh, you know, old school, uh, old school belief system people. But I feel, I mean, again, I have a limited, uh, limited perspective on it, but I feel they are starting to maybe even feel like a bit in minority, right. which is nice, you know, it feels nice wow. because this youth, like freedom, we can, we want to do and practice love the way we want. This is gaining like such strong momentum that I feel like the conservatives and people from, let's say, like previous generation, they're like, why not? Let See? the kids enjoy, you know, let them mm. be also. So, yeah, that's nice. That is yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember because I spent quite a bit of time in Delhi as well. I, I kind of felt like I had my Indian family in Delhi, as you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I just learned a lot now because there's things that happen in the cities that you don't see in other places. And I remember understanding more of like the gay network in in uh, mm -hmm. in Delhi specifically, that it was often like, yeah, it had to be masked by having a wife and children and the representation yeah. of family, right? And then there was this underground yeah. gay network. Anyway, this is mm -hmm. obviously a theme for <laughs> an entire podcast interview on its own. <laughs> I just want to highlight for, um, you know, the remaining of this interview, I want to highlight you and your beauty and your specialty and just go a little bit deeper into, you know, your purpose and what you do with passion where you are now and how how you see yourself evolving on the path um, mm. of yoga, meditation, authentic relating, self-love. Um, yeah. So yeah, share whatever you want to share and, and I'll navigate the questions from there. All right. Yeah, it's uh, it's been such a gift uh, since I found this life purpose of wanting to just really honestly be happy myself and make people happy. Everything else is just like a way but a tool to do that, you know? So started with yoga, which is like the main thing I've been doing for almost eight years now, teaching in yoga trainings, uh, slowly got more into the intellectual aspect of it, uh, verbal aspect of it, self-analytical part of it, which is yoga philosophy and psychology. So slowly going from, let's say, the physical asana aspect and physical stretching aspect of yoga, which is amazing, to more the intellectual aspect, reading many books, uh, listening to many modern teachers like Eckhart Tolle, Abraham Hicks, and getting so much learning from that. And through that, uh, having the intention of transmitting it to the students. And then as my personal process started to open me up emotionally, I just cannot not bring it into my work also. So got more into our heart meditations and emotional release practices, emotional awareness, uh, sacred intimacy. And uh, yeah, so there are so many, I would say, like branches of this tree that uh, that I'm excited about. And one that keeps coming up now, especially strongly, is to manifest your life purpose. As you said, uh, clarity in 
clarity is choosing. You know, you cannot just write something on the paper and keep doing things habitually, which are in contradiction with that and expect different results. So this thing has really like come up very clearly for me. So starting to now work with the mindset training and uh, coaching and uh, helping people with these different uh, aspects of the trees of life, the tree of life, as we call it, right? Health and intimacy and uh, spirituality and family and uh, finances and so on. But one one last thing I would add to this is uh, for me personally, I'm very aware that as amazing as it is to work on the human side and developing it, all its multifaceted aspects, it is such an important thing to always have the choice to come back to rest in your spiritual essence. Home, you're complete. Everything is happening as it should. Uh, everything is divine. Everything is happening according to the master plan. And can you come back to that space of observation and uh, like in yoga in Sanskrit, we call it the Atman. So just this, again, this dance of come back to your peace, feel complete with your practice, whatever your tools are, and then manifest your life purpose, follow your joy, uh, work on that aspect of your human personality, which is uh, very important for you right now. And then it just feels very complete for me because otherwise, if you keep resting in the spiritual essence, it makes you a bit stagnant. It can make me, it has made me sometimes spiritually lazy. And if I constantly keep fixing my human side, it made me anxious because it's like, wow, there is so much to work there. There is so much to work there. And my body and my heart and my mind and my parents and so on. When is it ever going to be perfect? So, yeah, I, I am really passionate about wanting to find a balance between this human side and the spiritual side of ourselves. Amazing. Yeah. Hmm. And if you were to describe, um, because it does sound like many different type of people can be attracted to your work. And if you were to um, just specify it a little bit more, like what is your favorite person to work with? Like what is their problem? What is their question? And, and what is the type mm -hmm. of transformation you like being part of? Uh, I really like this question. I would say my favorite kind of people to, to work with are people who are, I would say, in a similar process. Like they are getting clearer and clearer about what they don't want, but there is a lot of, uh, lot of haze, a lot of confusion about what they actually want. And even if there is clarity there, there is a lot of lack of courage there to go for it. There is a lot of uh, doubts and uh, insecurities there. So, yeah. People who are not, uh, I would say, so much uh, into denial, people who are looking for transformation, yeah, people who feel for whatever reason that, okay, it's time for change. I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't know when, but what is happening in my life, what has been happening is definitely not working. It's definitely not what I want. It's time for change and uh, how can I bring it about and who can help me bring clarity? I would say these are my favorite kind of people yeah, to work with. Oh, and I, I mean, I, I will put all your 
your links and you know sources and social media and and whatever it is that you want to share and I mean you also spoke of a heart meditation and I was curious if there would be a recording and maybe I can send that off also I, I love heart definitely. meditations no um yeah, but is there a program available or something that you're working on in the nearby future that you just want to plant a seed yeah yeah uh teaching and working in uh online yoga teacher training which is not just about yoga and uh, stretching but it's a lot about uh, understanding ourselves choosing happiness and uh, opening the heart so it has its own specific module in the training so this is one and uh, tantra trainings tantra the the name of the course is tantra in chaotic times which fits perfectly for our yeah what's happening right now so and in all, in both these programs i'm not teaching by myself there are uh, different co-teachers who specialize in their own subjects so it's a it's beautiful co-creation and uh, we are so so grateful hundreds of people are already benefiting from it uh, joining it enjoying it which also starts uh, as you know starts to create this community of like-minded people which makes you feel wow so the sense of belonging you know uh, so yeah that's that's those two things are on offer right now tantra course and uh, online yoga teacher training amazing yeah i mean i agree with you no like obviously this pandemic has uh, pushed many people to do more online or the ones mm -hmm. who were already established online to to shift it 100% um which was the case in 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 my world like i was 80% online and i just shifted it to 100 and i can mm -hmm. imagine like for yoga something like that it's it's new you know that everything is online yes but and some people completely reject it which i understand but i have to say yeah. the feedback i keep getting back from people who do group courses with me online it's it's like mm -hmm. the sense of community and especially when we were in the peak of quarantine no it was like everyone was mm -hmm. locked in people from all over the world different governments have their own rules of what it means to be locked yeah. in you know in peru we had a curfew at 4 p.m. and it was kind of ridiculous mm. like the strict rules we even had a time where only men and women were allowed to be outside on different days it was it was like yeah oh, very wow. interesting and the market was only open until noon on three days a week so it's like mm. anyway not to go into the corona stuff too much but regardless of you know being limited to to be in contact or whether you're someone who finds it difficult to 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 find community it's like wow these online courses they do offer opportunity because in the past it used to be these courses that you know they're always available you pay for it when you want you do the course when you want but nowadays yeah. i see it's more live we come together you're partnered up to do exercises mm -hmm. you get to know someone there's a safety about it because everyone's opening up but somehow there's a little bit of a barrier which is obviously the the screen uh, but somehow yeah. it allows more rawness to come out of like mm -hmm. stories of trauma and things that people are working on and it really creates a network of connection no yeah yeah really really seeing it as a, one of the best gifts of this pandemic times you know so as you said like having this uh, just this comfort of doing it from your home and doing it at your pace uh doing it like 
being able to adjust the intensity of it by tuning in and zoning out. Uh, I see, I see this as like big pluses of online trainings. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Manjeet. Wow. This was super, super amazing. Yeah. I mean, we, you and me, we've already been in contact for uh, a little while, no? Kind of contemplating like, yeah. okay, how are we going to co-create? What are we going to do? And I, I love mm. how it all unfolded uh, for it to happen in, in this way because it feels really personal. And at the same time, yeah. it feels like a, a small seed of co-creation. And as you know, my, my journey um, is going towards the East. And yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? The future of the world situation seems a bit um, unclear at the moment and super mysterious. Like never before mm. have we needed to trust in the great mystery uh, and yeah. the intelligence of the universe, that it's all part mm -hmm. of a bigger plan. Um, but what yeah. I can say in my heart of what I feel is that I, I will be in the East for a longer time. And um, mm. when borders open, there's like, I, I will have to go visit India, of course. So we'll be in touch yeah. about the unfolding of everything. Um, mm. Yeah, as you mentioned, this memory of, of uh, being at the Ganga, um, the memory that is the clearest for me, um, I think I mentioned to you is, is the one in Delhi where you picked okay. me up and I think you took me to a place to eat, but we were like maneuvering through all these busy streets, marketplace, mm. um, to go to this really yummy, uh, restaurant. And I just, I just mm. feel the, the lushness of, of, uh, of Delhi in, in that mm -hmm. memory. And I just want to thank, you know, our connection. Um, cause in those years I was in India, we would continuously meet, no? In Himachal, mm. in Rishikesh, in Goa. And there was just like a sequence of connecting, 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 connecting. And now yeah. I, I love that it just feels so natural, no? As if no time mm. has passed. But I see your growth. Yeah. I see your transformation. Mm -hmm. And I see the the strong resonance, no? Like on the way that you're connecting with your path and the truth you carry. Mm. Um, like right from the beginning of this interview, just sharing your truth. So mm. thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nilaya. Well, yeah, I feel a bit emotional. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, you know, you you can have amazing connection with someone, but if you haven't uh, connected for a while, you never really know if it's going to flow. You know, yeah. so there is always this mystery about it, and uh, I, yeah, I'm again like grateful to this mystery of the universe that it was flowing, that it is flowing. And then this amazing conversation has happened and uh, beautiful co-creations perhaps are on their way. I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling, I'm feeling held, you know, I'm feeling safe to, to show this side of me, knowing that it will be respected. It will be not judged. It will be, yeah, I just feel, I just felt at home during this entire hour <laughs> and a half. Yeah. Thank you. Really, one last thing, like really appreciating your, your sense of purpose to bring this more to the world and, uh, yeah, share the message of your soul and your heart and, uh, your intelligence, your, uh, yeah, your manifestation, your 
your ability to just like move through continents and shift <laughs> dimensions is uh, is just wow so yeah super beautiful thank you it feels really good con mucho amor you're listening to the make love to life podcast the place where we uncover all the barriers that prevent you from experiencing deeper intimacy If you are looking to attract love and authentic partnership, then hit the subscribe button and go to my website nalayachakana.com to sign up for my private group Make Love to Life. See you there.